about how excited I am to have discovered, yeah, listeners in Tunisia and Egypt and Ireland and Mexico, Slovenia, Canada, United Emirates. I didn't say that properly. I apologize. (laughs) Sweden, the Philippines, Germany, Greece. So many various countries. It's so exciting to have listeners. Oh, in the US and the UK. I didn't say them because they seemed really obvious, but there as well. <laughs> and New Zealand and Australia. It's so exciting. I mean, I honestly, that makes me so excited to think about the fact that there are people listening to us from that huge range of countries and that you are all interested in deviant women. That's so exciting. We should just jump straight into it. Oh, well, yeah. Shall we? Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, everyone from all over the world. Don't be afraid to send us a message like tweet at us at Deviant Women. Tell your friends. Yeah, and right like on. us on Facebook. Because we really love hearing from you all. And if you have any suggestions for Deviant Women that you would like for us to cover, then please let us know. We have a couple of listener requests yeah. that we've got locked away in our list of um, women to cover in the future. But we are always interested in more. Yeah. So get on board. But this week I think we're going to... Jump right in. Who are we going to be talking about this time Oh, this one's so exciting. We've had a couple of more serious episodes. I think that this one's going to be a bit lighter. So we're talking about two really exciting women this week. It's a double barrel episode. Double barrels. That's relevant too, isn't it? Because we're talking about Anne, Bonnie and Mary Reed. Pirates. Pirates! We're talking about lady pirates. Actual real life lady pirates. Lady bestie pirates. Yeah, such besties. And Laura and I had this conversation a couple of nights ago about a childhood love of pirates. Yeah. That we discovered our childhood love of pirates was possibly jointly based on Lego. Maybe had, yeah. yeah. For me, I never was able to have the Lego Pirates. I always desperately, desperately wanted it, but it was really expensive. I had some Lego Pirates. I didn't have any of the cool ships. I always wanted the ships. Really wanted the ships. Yeah. But I actually, maybe this is kind of like a formative feminist moment for me because I remember my very first female Lego minifigure mm. was a pirate. A pirate lady. A pirate lady. And she was denoted as a lady by the fact that she had cleavage. Yep. And did she have red and lips? And she had red lips. And did she have a little thing on the edge of her eyes that shows yes, she has eyelashes? And she had little eyelashes. Yeah. Yep. And I think maybe, you know, that was key. That's pretty formative. Yeah. yeah. In combining the ideas of feminism and piracy in my mind. <laughs> I so. think for me it was all about the idea of being free and on the ocean and traveling and exploring than i was hoping yeah (laughs) i even though i didn't have the lego ships i for some reason always created nomadic people no matter what the lego set was i would find a way to turn it into some kind of probably horse-led caravan situation and the people would just travel because they were all travelers and explorers and adventurers and that's why i liked pirates too on the high seas Swashbuckling. Freedom. Yep. Romance. Yeah. There's going to be a bit of romance today. Yes. There is going to be a bit yep. of romance. The thing, though, I think that we need to remember when we're talking about pirates, and this is something that I think has come up before, is that separation of, like, the mythology of a thing and the reality. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's going to be difficult for us today as well because I think a lot of the accounts of Anne and Mary mm. – that we're relying on are difficult to know the truth of. They are. And there was actually... So the period of time that we're talking about, just to set this up as well, is kind of the late 1600s, mm. early 1700s. There was a book. Yeah, Captain there? Charles Johnson's 
A general history of the pirates. Pirates spelled with a Y and an I. Yeah, like spelling vampires with a Y. Yeah, but, old um, school. Very old school. That's how you know it's real. And this is where a lot of accounts of Marion mm-hmm. and kind of come from. Yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, these accounts may well be very highly embellished. They might be. And also, old Captain Johnson, old mate, he may have been Daniel Defoe. Really? There's a conspiracy theory that it's Daniel Defoe, but I like didn't know that. It's not very verifiable, so wow. it's just a theory. But apparently he travelled around London interviewing a lot of real pirates. He also went to a lot of the pirates' trials and he witnessed their trials. So a lot of the accounts, yes, are based on maybe embellished stories. Probably a lot of them taken at the pub over a beer yeah. with people like, oh, yeah, I met blah, 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 the pirate, and it said that they blah, blah, blah. And they you said know? this, and this happened. Yeah. yeah. But he did actually genuinely go to trials. He genuinely read court testimonies and um, interviewed people. Yes. So, you know, I mean, as far as an 18th century text goes, goes I don't think it's, like, a terrible qualitative data was gathered. But we do know that Mary and Anne were real people, and we do know that they were genuine pirates because mm. documents – do exist. Yeah, their court testimony still exists. Yeah, general documents exist that prove that they were real people. So Anne and Mary we're going to be talking about, but I think we're going to start with Anne, maybe. Yeah, with sure. Anne, Anne was slightly older than Mary, I think, was she? Sure. Well, Mary was, <laughs> Mary was born sort of circa 1690, Oh, well, that would make Mary older than Anne. Oh, when was Anne born? Anne was born circa 1700. Ah, There's not an exact date. They just know around 1700 in Cork in Ireland. She was Irish, yeah. So she was born the illegitimate daughter of a servant, Mary Brennan, and Brennan's employer, the lawyer, William McCormick. So bastard beginning. I guess that's kind of relatively typical of a um, pirate pirate upbringing. And her beginning is also like a lot of the other women that we've covered in that as a young person she was raised as a boy Mm. um now there's a really cool kind of story about how that ended up coming to be so i'm going to read a little excerpt from the history of pirates which was maybe or maybe not written by daniel defoe so for some reason in the history of pirates he devotes a lot more time to telling the story of how anne ends up becoming dressed like a boy than like basically any of her career as a pirate so <laughs> it's much more interesting yeah, to discover. but i'm gonna read it all right here we go because it involves a tale of mistaken identity oh. some stolen silver spoons and an escape excellent okay you ready this is the words of Willem Dafoe. Yeah. (laughs) Straight from the mouth. The mistress, being the wife, that very thing might look to be done without design, lies that night in the maid's bed, little dreaming of what an adventure it would produce. Okay, so the wife has gone to bed in the maid's bed, unknowing what an adventure might is going to arise from her for some reason going to sleep in the maid's bed. This is weird. Yeah. After she had been abed some time, thinking on what had passed, for jealousy kept her awake, she heard somebody enter the room. At first, she apprehended it to be thieves and was so frightened she had not courage enough to call out. But when she heard these words, Mary, are you awake? She knew it to be her husband's voice. (gasps) Then her fright was over. Yet she made no answer, lest he should find her out. If she spoke, therefore she resolved to counterfeit sleep and take what followed. Okay, so you're with us? <laughs> yeah. So, wife lying in the maid's bed, husband enters calling out for the maid, and she's just like, oh, I'm not going to reveal myself. I'm just going to lie here and see what happens. Just going to take what comes. Yeah. The husband came to bed and that night played the vigorous lover. But one thing spoiled the diversion on the wife's side, which was the reflection that it was not designed for her. Yeah. <laughs> However, she was very passive and bore it like a Christian. Oh, my God. <laughs> Early before day, she stole out of bed, leaving him asleep and went to her mother-in-law, telling her what had passed not forgetting how he had used her as taking her for the maid. The husband also stole out, not thinking it convenient to be catched in that room. Well, it would be awkward for him to have been caught sleeping in the maid's room. Oh, no. Um, Just a question. Hang on. Where did the maid sleep? So we're getting to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
In the meantime, the revenge of the mistress was strongly against the maid and without considering that to her she owed the diversion of the night before and that one good turn should deserve another. I don't really (laughs) get why it's a good turn. She sent for a constable and charged her with stealing the spoons. The maid's trunk was broke open and the spoons found upon which she was carried before a justice of peace and by him committed to jail. Wow. Yeah, so wifey accuses the maid of stealing the spoons, which she has placed in her trunk, gets her sent to jail out of jealousy. So so this is while Anne is a child. Yeah. So this is the goings-on in the house that she's brought up in. Her father quite liked his illegitimate daughter, Lan, right? And um, his wife has kicked him out. They're separated for obvious reasons. And so he goes to live in London and he took Anne with him him did he also take the maid yes he did so, so he took mary and Anne with him but in order for people to firstly not know that he had an illegitimate daughter and secondly so that his wife didn't know that he took his love child with him because she's already super jealous yeah the, that's the right reason why she got mary put in prison that's why he dressed Anne up as a boy and pretended that he was his clerk in training oh that's foolproof. Yeah. So oh, I just, I know that's a really long diversion, but I thought it was a great story. And that is the reason why Anne became Andy. Oh, so she became Andy. Yeah. However, the wife did find out and this created quite a scandal, which had a bad effect on his law practice. And so he moved to South Carolina. Okay. So obviously at whatever stage Mary was released from, mm. uh, or the truth came out about the silver spoons. Yeah. Because she goes with them. Yeah, that's right. So she went with them to America, to South Carolina. However, she died when Anne was about 12. In the meantime, they're setting up there. He's continuing with his law practice, but that's not going super well. So instead he buys a plantation and became a merchant and was a lot better at that. Oh, okay. So they ended up becoming quite wealthy through the plantation. So I think it's probably a good point to jump in and give a little bit of history. Tell us about... About Mary yeah. and Mary Reed's upbringing because, interestingly, interestingly enough, Mary also was dressed, dressed as, as a, a boy. boy. What a surprise. I mean, this is it, though. This is the world that you function in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, in Anne's case, with her father, there were reasons beyond. So, yeah. So, there were reasons that she was dressed as a boy in the sense of disguising her from her, like, I don't want to call her a stepmom, but you know what I mean. But it did suit her. Like, she was very tomboyish. She was very, she's said to be very, like, feisty. She got into a lot of fights. Mm. She was kind of quite violent, which is not really that surprising. Um, yeah, isn't there, like, some story of her, like, stabbing? She stabbed the maid when, when she was, like, 13, 13 or yeah. something? She fucking stabbed the maid to death when she was to 13. Death. She yeah, she to death? She stabbed her to death? She killed her. Oh, my her. God. Yeah. I just thought she just randomly stabbed no, her and I then think, everyone went well, on their way. I heard that like, she stabbed her in was, ki- like, she'd killed her. Wow. I mean, that's what I read. Okay. I might be wrong. Sure. But she had red hair, too, didn't red she? Red, fiery hair to match her temper. Well, I know all about that. I know about fiery redhead being one myself. So Mary had a similar sort of interesting start to her life. She's not Irish, though. She's English. She was born in England, but also um, an illegitimate Mm. child. Now, her mother was married, but the husband sort of disappeared, Mm. vaguely just abandoned. She had an affair with a sea captain. He's another sea captain. I know. So that's very (laughs) sort of pretentious for later on in life. And Mary was the result of that affair. What happened was her mother already had a son. Yeah, that's right. Called Mark from her marriage. Dis- from her marriage, from the husband that's disappeared. But he was a very sickly little mm. boy and he died quite young. So what her mother did was in order to cover up her illegitimacy and in order to continue to receive financial yeah. aid from the grandmother, from her disappeared husband's mother, she dressed Mary as a boy, as a boy, so and, pa- and passed her like off this, as Mark. So there's definitely a whole like thing here of disguising identity and sneaking people around without, you know, through yeah. dressing them up as boys. Yep, sneaking little girls around dressed as boys. Yeah, so that was basically for financial aid. And Mary had no qualms being Mark because it suited her purposes as well. And even when she was a teenager, she um, took work dressed as a boy. She got a job as a footboy and that suited her purposes as well, dressing as a man. It's funny, isn't it? Because 
<laughs> it's almost one might say alicia femininity is a construction yeah i mean very well warren <laughs> do you think it could it could be? be could it be could gender be it's not a construction nature that wow. if you remove a girl from the restrictions of being dainty and pretty and clean. Do you think? That she might naturally be more boisterous and adventurous because it's and just... And capable a- of doing things. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. What a totally revolutionary thought. But zinga. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, obviously in the early 1700s, <laughs> this is how you get shit done. Yeah. You dress yourself as, as a, a boy. boy. And of course, I mean, this recalls our discussion on Isabel. I know. Izzy. Yeah, Isabel that's right. And Harry. And Harry. How you have so much more freedom if you dress yourself as a man. And, and like I said, it's just like, I don't think that this is a gender identity thing necessarily in harry's with, case with it anna, may have been yeah but with anna mary but with anna mary it's just that girls are just as likely to be adventurous and wanting to do things as boys are they're just trapped yeah. by their the expectations of their gender and that's the thing that's stopping them not yeah. anything to do with their nature that's right and at this point in history if you can't beat the patriarchy join the patriarchy, join the patriarchy. <laughs> so that's what mary, that's what they did that's what mary and anna are gonna do so they, yeah, so they both grow up as boys, both quite boisterous, quite adventurous. So Anne's showing some early signs of violent tendencies, very active. <laughs> yeah, you know, stabbing so people to stabbing death. Stabbing people yeah. to death, getting into a lot of scraps. So it's not really surprising that she ends up as a pirate. So what about Mary? Well, Mary is quite similar because what Mary actually does as quite a young thing is that she joins the army. She joins the British military allied with the Dutch against the French. Yep. So she goes into battle as a soldier and she proves herself quite early on as quite a capable soldier Mm. as well and passes for a man for quite some time. Maybe you might like to tell the story of how Mary's identity is revealed here. Because when she's in Flanders? When she's in Flanders because Mary does fall in love with a Flemish soldier. Flemish soldier. I feel like they were supposed to be sharing a tent and she, quote, found a way of letting him discover her sex. <laughs> he was surprised. What does that mean? He was surprised and delighted at the discovery. Well, that's interesting because does that mean he was like feeling around for a boy? And then when he discovered a girl, he was like, hey, I'll just go for this. Hey, bonus. Bonus. Was I he expecting know. penis? But not vagina. But then maybe she found a way of letting him discover her sex by, you know, slipping a nip or something. You know? I mean, it could be like, oh, my boob came out. And he's like, you've got a boob. So she was discovered as a woman. In what way? We'll never know. But we can make up. There's so many different ways you can let somebody discover your sex. (laughs) We can speculate about that. (laughs) Till the cows come home. But so what she actually did at this point was she got married. So her and the Flemish soldier got married and they left the military. And she actually also kind of, with a lot of commission and a lot of um, money that they'd taken from the military with them when they left, they set up an inn Mm. in the Netherlands, which I think was called like the Three Horseshoes. It's a lucky, lucky. So much luck. Yeah. Three times the luck. (laughs) Um, And they ran the inn for quite some time. However, the Flemish soldier was unfortunately quite a sickly chap Mm. and he passed away. So Mary was left a widow. What she decided to do was she decided to once again dress as a man after this and to join the military again. Once again. Because she, she just, goes on she just liked it. Yeah. She liked it. So off she goes again, dresses as a man. But it was peace times at this particular point, so there wasn't much action happening. Mm. So she thinks, fuck this, boring. And she jumps <laughs> a ship to the West Indies. Yeah. Sailing to the West Indies. So... This is a good segue over back over to Anne. Picking back up with Anne. Because Anne got married as well, but her marriage was not as happy as um, Mary's. Mm. So she married this dude called James Bonnie, which is where Bonnie comes from. Oh, of course. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that the Bonnie in Anne Bonnie's name was one of those like old timey pirate nicknames. Yeah, yeah, like Bonnie Old Anne. Yeah. Um, oh. But no, his name was actually James Bonnie. So he married her because he kind of had his eye on her father's fortune. So he was hoping that through Anne he would be able to inherit that. So she got married and her father disowned her because he was unhappy about it. Can I interrupt for a second Mm. here? The man she married, he was already like a small-time pirate, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So this, he's not a good guy, which is, is why... Of, is this part of why... Yeah, so they end up going off to Nassau together in the West Indies as well. So 
He's already on the scene. He's in Carolina, meets her, gets eyes on the father's plantation. He's like, yeah, let's get married because she's young and is also kind of a bit promiscuous at this time. And she's probably just like, oh, James, yeah, you're a handsome pirate. Sure, let's get married. Fuck my dad. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, dad's not happy. He disowns her. Sorry, in revenge, she burns down his plantation. Is that true or is that an apocryphal story? Okay, so that's part of the mythology. She maybe burnt down his I think we'll just say that she did. She burnt down. The story goes. And the story is what counts. The story goes that she burnt down the plantation in revenge. That Well, actually, you know what? Not surprising for a girl who at 13 stabbed, stabbed a, a maid. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I actually, yeah, I would accept that as a true story. So they go to Nassau, which is an island which was a, a safe haven for pirates. Yeah, it was part of the Bahamas. Mm. But at the time, it was kind of a sanctuary for pirates. Yeah, because they had this sort of deal where if you went to Nassau and like gave yourself up, you got a royal pardon. So this was the king's pardon. That's wasn't right. It? Yeah, because this is a British colony at the time. Yeah. And King George King the George first yes. is in power. Yeah. So the governor of Nassau was Who like, is Governor Woods Rogers, I believe. He's what? our villain of the story, by ah, the way. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So he was doling out pardons to pirates that were willing to basically Jump ship. Yeah. That was a good pun, wasn't it? So that's the reason why Anne ended up there. Yeah, that's why Mary ended up there as well, because she... So we left her on On the ship ship sailing Mm. to the West Indies, but the ship that she was on was actually boarded by pirates and taken over by pirates, and she was given the option to join or die, basically, which happened quite a lot. So people would just be like, oh, fuck it, sure, I'll join you guys. So she joined, but when she arrived, she accepted a king's pardon. Which yep. basically meant that she renounced piracy. But in doing that as well became a privateer. Mm. So privateers mm. are important in yeah. this story because privateers are basically ex-pirates who then turn into bounty hunters. Yeah, working for the state. Wait, working for the state who have their own vessels, their own armed warships basically, mm. um, who sail around doing whatever they want to do. But then when the government wants them, they will yeah. turn against other pirates Usually against people they used to be allied yeah, with, yeah. other pirates they used to work alongside, they were quite happily then. And they would because in. they were working for the English, they would have been instructed to attack like French vessels and things like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So after receiving this king's pardon, as I said, became a privateer, and that's what she went into doing. Yeah. So they both end up here in Nassau, in the Bahamas. Something that we do have to remember is that this world, outside of the Disney version of Pirates of the Caribbean and all of the childhood picture book versions of piracy is that we need to remember that this is like actually really a difficult world to be a part of that it's hugely violent enormously violent and not just i don't even know how to really describe the sense of violence that we're talking about here but we're talking about bar fights every night when you're in the tavern we're talking about people getting tortured and murdered and raped and well, just everything that's awful happening all the time and you were constantly at risk of it. And especially if you were a pirate and you were captured and you were made an example of. Yes. There yeah. were all sorts of wonderful tortures that were yeah. done to you. Gibbeting was a thing. Yeah. Which was basically like stringing you up in chains or in a cage and hanging you there until you mm-hmm. just waste you away and die. Of the elements. But Um, you're an example for other people to see. And, yeah, leaving corpses hanging around as examples of what will happen to you if you go into piracy. Yeah. And we also need to remember that women on these islands are particularly, like, I'm not saying that they're there for men's pleasure because they had their own lives there too, but these are, like, you dock into port, you go to the taverns and you party with girls, you know? Girls are associated with pleasure and with downtime, you know? They're not a part of your crew. Well, this is an important thing as well, isn't it? Because, obviously... Annie and Mary are managing to pass themselves off as men on these ships. Yeah. As we've learned from Harry's experiences in our last mm-hmm. episode when he was sailing <laughs> as a merchant, if your true identity as a woman is discovered, bad things will happen, happen to, to you. you. So yep. Anne 
Jason and Mary are both managing to pass mm. their way as men and avoiding some of the outcomes that would happen to other women. So one of the crew of Bartholomew Roberts said, no boy or woman to be allowed amongst them. If any man were to be found seducing any of the latter sex and carried her to sea disguised, he was to suffer death. And of course, she would be also probably raped and murdered. So it's important to be a woman in this world. You need to cement your reputation really easily. So the people know not to fuck with you. It's like, yes, I might be a woman, but I'm just as rough as you guys are. So when Anne first arrived in Nassau, she stepped off the plank and I think she shot this guy's ear off. So there was this already a one-eared man in her way. And she uh, chopped his other ear off. So immediately disembarking sets her reputation. She also would get into fights a lot. She had a little bit of a reputation for sleeping around, even though she was still married to James. And one would-be suitor she beat with a chair, so he ended up hospitalized. Um, She also used her sword to publicly undress her fencing master. So Wow. Yeah. So she's like, you know, she's really showing herself as somebody who is strong and capable and not to be fucked with. So this is a real key difference between Anne and Mary, though, because Anne is not presenting now as a man. No. Anne is, I'm a woman. I'm a female pirate. James Bonny's wife Wife. still. Yeah, exactly. So she's not pretending to be a man. She does sometimes. When she's on the ships, she does. But at this point in time, Mary is pretending. Mary Reed is dressed as a man and passing herself off as Mark Reed. Yes. So there's a slight difference there as well. Yep, yep, yep. Our next important figure in the scene is Jack Calico Rackham. 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 Oh, Rackham, you're an interesting character. So Jack's name comes, the calico comes from his colourful clothes. Like he wore those like very stereotypical patchwork trousers that we associate with picture book pirates. Um, Apparently that's what he actually wore. And he may have been bisexual. He may have arrived with a lover. Ah. the quartermaster for a lover but that's just again speculation another thing about calico jack is i don't know if this is true or not but isn't he supposedly the one that first did the jolly roger with the two crossed swords rather than the two crossed bones i didn't know that i thought that was another reason why he was famous it could be so so where does does Anne meet jack where does this happen where does it happen in a tavern Okay, great. Do you know more details about the tavern that you're wanting me no, to talk I about? No, I don't. Okay. I, just, I just want to know They how just they met. Meet. They oh, met they and they okay. become lovers. Like Their eyes met across straight the crowd and tavern yeah, that stank right. like piss and vomit. Yep. Everyone was filthy. There was lice and rats. That's right. Eyes met. And everybody is sitting on barrels drunkenly singing. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, their eyes meet. They get it on pretty soon and they had a child. So romantic. They had a child together. Oh, yeah. But we don't know anything about this child. Like, is this the child that got, like, abandoned in Cuba? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So after that, we like, who knows where he went. He was just abandoned in Cuba. Okay. So I suppose Anne had to take a bit of time away from the piracy. Yeah. So her and Jack start sailing around together. They were all in Nassau around the same time because of this king's pardon. I'm, a li- I'm actually a little bit confused about the timeline. I don't know if Mary joined them straight away or if Anne and Jack did a bit of sailing around first. I Anne think they did. Jack. Anne and Jack did a bit of sailing yeah. first. Mary doesn't come in just yet. She's on her own for a little while. So one of Anne's first pirating raids, I want to tell this story because I think it's pretty badass. I think it's before Jack Calico as well or around the same time, like very early on in her um, relationship with Jack Calico. But her first pirating raid was with her friend Pierre Bouspay, who was otherwise known as Pierre the Pansy Pirate. <laughs> yeah, Pierre what? the Pansy Pirate was a coffee shop proprietor, a hairdresser, a dressmaker, and designer of fine velvet and silk clothing. Wow, what a dude. So, yeah, so cool. This is very useful skills for them. So, what they did is they went out and they kind of like They stole a boat from one of the abandoned wrecks on the harbour and then they covered the deck, the topsail and themselves with turtle's blood. What? Yeah, turtle's blood. So, by the way, Anne's husband, James, he owns a turtle farm. (laughs) So... Oh, that explains the turtle blood. So, I don't know if that's specifically where they got the turtle's blood from. I made that connection myself. I mean... I was like, they use turtle's blood, James has a turtle farm. I don't know... One can only assume. Where else would you get turtle blood from? So they cover the deck and themselves in turtle's blood. They get one of Pierre's dummies 
They put it on the bow dressed in women's clothing and splashed that with blood. Then Anne stood over the top of it with a blood-soaked axe and they sailed out where they heard this French merchant was going to be. So they've got their ship looking like it's just been in a fucking disaster zone, right? Horrific demon ship. Of turtle blood. Fucking Anne standing there yelling crazily with a blood-soaked axe. Sail up to this French ship. The people on that ship were so freaked out that they were just like, just fucking take it. Like, just take it. Take everything, man. So they did. They abandoned ship. <gasps> Anne and Pierre stole everything and um, were on their merry way. So, yeah. Anne motherfucking Bonnie. I believe that was her middle name. <laughs> I, I do believe it. Fantastic. So then after this, she she joins up with Calico Jack. Yeah. And yeah. she leaves her husband, James so Bonnie. She did leave James. And James Did she divorce him? She divorced him, but there's a story about the divorce. Do you okay. want me to tell the story about the divorce? Yes, I do okay. want to tell the story about the divorce. So she is carrying on with Calico Jack. She's gone off with Calico Jack for a while. James reappears on the scene to reclaim his wife at some point because she's technically his property. Mm. So he basically kidnaps her and takes her naked to the governor because he's become an informant for the governor at this uh, point. He's turned so away he's, from his amateur piracy and yeah, he has he's, taken a king's pardon. He's got, got his king's pardon. He's got his turtle farm <laughs> and he's... He's um, a made man. As a snitch, yeah. right? So he takes his wife because he wants to charge her with the felony of deserting her husband. And if he's able to successfully do this, he should be able to get a lot of money out of her again. So he's still just really wanting the money. Annie, of course, is not super keen on being anyone's property. And she said that she would not be brought or sold like a hog or cattle. She put up this massive attack. It was called a hellcat. And the governor was forced to release her on condition that she returned to her rightful master, who is James. But because James only wanted her for the money and because she was such a fucking hellcat, he was just like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. And he left. So then, true to Annie's style, she burnt down the turtle business. Oh, seriously? Okay, yeah, well, in which case, I'm even more convinced that she burnt down the Well, this is the thing that did it for me. When I heard that she burnt down James's turtle farm, I was like, well, maybe she did burn her dad's plantation. That fits. But this is an interesting thing because, now, I don't know if this is true or not, but didn't Calico Jack actually offer to buy and off of James divorce in purchase yeah, yeah divorce by you, purchase yeah so you could actually get divorced yeah. if somebody else is willing to buy you off your and current husband and i think that that's maybe i wonder if that's what james was hoping for that but she refused that she refused it yeah. yes that's yeah. correct she did not want to be want to be bought yeah. by a new husband but i'm glad that she didn't allow it because she married jack anyway she married jack calico so i mean technically she still did the thing that that divorce by purchase would have set out. But she did it on her own terms. She did it on her own terms and she was like, fuck you, James, you're not getting any money from this. So now she goes... burn down your turtle farm. (laughs) I really think that's horrendous. (laughs) So now she goes to sea with Calico Jack. Yeah. So she's on board now and she's on board as his wife. So Mm. she's... And second in command is his wife, though. Okay, so everybody knows she's a woman. So she's not... Yeah. She's not on board the ship as a man. She's on board the ship. She would dress as a man when they raided and attacked other ships. Oh, okay. But on the ship she dressed... Like the so crew the crew knew. knew she was a woman. Yeah, she okay. wasn't in hiding. They knew that she was Rackham's wife, and she really was second in command. And I suppose she would have. There would have been a bit of a reputation already circulating she was about like a her. Badass. They were like bitch. they were like wanted posters. Yeah, I mean, she was yeah, yeah, garnering yeah. A, a reputation. Definitely, now. this governor he knew about her, and there were pamphlets circulating about Calico Jack and Anne Bonnie. So they were a real Bonnie and Clyde yeah, duo. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, cool. So. This is at the point, I suppose, where Mary comes in mm. to the picture now because yeah, bring so Mary in. She, so she's been privateering in about 1720. She ends up um, now in Nassau as yeah. well, the Pirates Haven, and this is where she meets Anne and Jack, mm-hmm. and she joins their crew. But she joins their crew dressed as a man. Yeah. So both um, Calico Jack and Anne and everybody else are still taking her as Mark yeah. Reed, and. and she, First of all, I just want to say they steal a ship. Yeah, they steal the William. They steal a ship called the William. Yeah. This was like a really big deal. And it was, wasn't it? And they head out to sea now. They get a whole new crew for this ship. Yeah. So actually, Anne may have been in disguise with the new crew. There's conflicting 
things that I've read and some things that I read, she was only in disguise when they attacked other ships. And in some things that I read, she was in disguise when she met Mary. So it's possible that with the crew for the William, she may have been in disguise. But this is one of the difficulties with when we're talking about this kind of history because it's all so... Conflicting stories. We'll never know Um, the truth. But one thing we can say is whether or not Mary thought Anne was a man, we can't be sure about, but Anne definitely thought thought Mary was Mark. That's right. Yep. So Anne thought Mary was Mark and Anne thought that Mark was very handsome, took quite a liking to Mark and tried to seduce this new recruit mm. on the ship. Oh, I bet you Calico Jack was jealous. Yeah, she caught feelings. Yeah. Well, Calico Jack may have already have been a little bit cuckolded by this point because okay, Anne, well, Anne at some point, I'm not sure exactly when, and basically kicked him out of the captain's quarters wow. and was like, fuck you, I'm captain now. I'll take over. So, yeah. So, anyway, she's seducing Mark. And oh, I think dear. Mary was a little bit like, oh, fuck, I kind of feel like I have to maybe go along with this in order to not get fucked up because this is a pirate ship. So just as she did that that day back in Flanders, she reveals herself as a woman. She doesn't slip a nip this time, though. No, she does. Oh, does she? Does she? She does. Yes. <laughs> she bared her breasts to prove that she was a woman oh, that's to Anne. So- <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, that was part of it, apparently. And then Anne. I love that. It's just like, oh, sorry, dude. And yeah. tear open your so shirt. So actually, no, Anne must have in like been in disguise. Superman. Yeah, so Anne was also in disguise at this point oh. because she hit on Mary. And Mary was like, oh, I'm a woman. And then Anne was like, oh, fuck, I'm a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is a story that at this point, Rackham burst into the room and discovered them in a particularly compromising position. Oh, my God, because wouldn't it be great if, like, Anne was like, oh, I'll prove mine to you. You showed me yours. Yeah, I'll show you mine. And now I'll show you mine. And she, like, rips open her chest. Well, this is part of what – this is one of the stories is that they basically – Revealed themselves to each other and just got straight down to business. Talking about them showing each other their tits. Yeah. Talking about titties. Talking about boobies. Talking about boobies. Nip slips. This was another thing that was part of this whole mythology was that apparently what Anne Bonnie would do was that when she killed someone or just before she killed someone, she would tear her shirt open to show them a breast so that that person knew that they had actually been killed <laughs> by, by a woman. woman. Because that's the worst thing that could happen exactly. to you when you're a man on the seas. Because imagine that you were beaten by a woman. Oh, the humiliation. Humiliations galore. Terrible. Didn't they also wear quite loose-fitting clothing so that, like, when they're fighting, there is a genuine chance of a nip slip that might distract Might their totally assailant? distract you. Yes, correct. That <laughs> you would get so distracted by breasts that... Because <laughs> you also, like, you just wouldn't be expecting it. Yeah, it's not necessarily that you'd be, like, stunned in the Whoa. tracks and be like, oh, my God, boobs. Bro- boobs. Oh but you'd be like, oh, my God, boobs. <laughs> like, what? Did and I that... Just... <laughs> See? Is that... What? What? And that would distract you enough. <laughs> So we've got two complex things at work here. So there's the one version of the story, which is that they revealed themselves to each other and then they just became besties. Okay, I guess the more toned down version. Um, Then there's the version that they actually did become um, Mm -hmm. lovers. And that version is contentious because there are some scholars who say that that version is the hyper-inflamed, like, oh, this is pirates and let's just make everything really hot and sexy because they're two lady pirates. But then there are other scholars who are like, no, 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 saying it's just they're all hot, sexy pirates downplays Mm. the genuine uh, homosexual relationship that they had and it's important for us to recognise that they had this relationship. So I don't know. Yeah. Because it's (laughs) difficult, isn't it? Because it's also like you don't want to downplay one or the other because it's like, well, maybe they did have a homosexual relationship and maybe that is super important. But maybe they were also just really excellent female friends. Yeah, that's right. maybe this is also a problem with history is that we quite often want to make really good female friends into lesbians yeah. because it's heaps sexier. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, well, couldn't exactly. they have just been like total besties pirates? Yeah. And isn't that also good enough yeah. for the history books? So one way or the other, they're either totally rad bestie pirates kicking us on the sea or 
they are totally awesome lovers kicking us on the seas. Either way, they're awesome. And either way, Calico Jack is kind of like gets left out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Jack. I was like, you're out. Sorry, um, third wheel. And I mean, the thing is as well, the chances of them crossing paths like this is incredible. So there yeah. are between something like two to 3,000 pirates were operating in this area at the time. There's hundreds of islands Anne and Mary are the only two recorded female pirates. That's not to say that there weren't other female pirates in disguise doing the same thing who just were never discovered and kind of got away with it. But in this part of the world, in this period, Mm. the chances of them meeting are horrendously low. And the fact that they both met each other in disguise and one of them hit on the other in disguise, it's crazy. So I wonder if Anne Bonnie was known about, if she was had a reputation as a female pirate, I wonder if Mary had seen wanted posters. I wonder if Mary mm. knew about Anne, female pirate. I wonder if Mary maybe sought her out. However, if mm. they were introduced to each other in disguise, they may not have known anyway. They may not have known anyway. Yeah. But we'll never know. We'll never know because we can't ask them. Mm, we can't ask them. Oh, by the way, though. So do you remember Florence Cook from our very first episode? Of course I do. Remember her spirit control, Katie King? Oh, my God. Katie King was a lady pirate. Oh, apparently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember that now. There you go. So Maybe Katie King, you and Bonnie and Mary Reed. It all comes back together. <laughs> so they Sorry. managed to find each other yeah. somehow and reveal themselves to each other, become friends or lovers. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter because they're cool. And they were considered the fiercest members of the crew. Like they cursed and swore as much as anyone and they were willing to do anything on board. Well, this is interesting too because I think that this probably means that we should shuffle along to a very interesting and, again, whether or not we know it's a true story, about a particular fight in which yeah. Anne and Mary basically were the only people left standing yep. because the whole crew, including Jack, drunken bums. were totally drunk having, having themselves a rum party mm. aboard the William and they're celebrating a recent victory. Everyone is getting drunk and not paying attention to the fact that another privateer is creeping up on them. Jonathan Barnett was the captain of the ship who came after them. And Jonathan Barnett was a, a privateer? Yeah, and yeah. he was under the commission of the governor of Jamaica. So who's the guy who has been on Anne's case for a long time. The, our villain who's yeah. been after Anne all this time. Yeah. So he's sneaking up on them. They're totally drunk. And bam, suddenly there is a all-out... Yeah. Can I just interrupt with one story first? Because when they were coming after them, before we get to this battle, there was one point when they'd set up a blockade to try and get them. And so they broke through the blockade. And as they did this, Anne was stripped to the waist, so naked waist up, dressed in black velvet trousers designed by Pierre, with one hand (laughs) on the hilt of her sword and the other waving a long silk scarf at the governor as they passed. Basically in a giant, fuck you! (laughs) That's great. I like the way that she was wearing trousers by Pierre. Black velvet trousers by Pierre. I think that's really important to He styled his crew. (laughs) I mean, Calico Jack's trousers are famous for a reason. So they have been giving the slip to uh, the government for quite some time. Yeah. But now they've come upon them in their drunken state and they attack. And the entire drunken crew... So the other crew was 45 men. They only had 12. They only had 12 men. Yeah. 10 men to rad ass ladies. Yeah. Doing the work of 10 men. So all of the drunken men run down below decks and basically cower away mm. and hide because they're too drunk to fight. And Mary and Anne, and I think there's a story that maybe one other man left on the crew. But yeah. basically Mary and Anne hold the are like, off. fucking, what are you doing? And they hold the fort. Yeah. And they fight off the 45, 45 crew. crew. And they hold out for as long as they can. Mm. And eventually they get the shits with all the men downstairs yeah. and they turn on them and yeah. they're like, come out and fucking fight or we're going to start shooting you. And they do. They do. And they Mary, kill one of their own crew members. Mary shot Calico Jack. Didn't kill him though. No, but just she shot inju- him. Just injured him. She was like, you fucker Calico Jack. Yeah, they were like, Bang. get out, you cowards. Yep. So 
they held off for as long as they possibly could, but unfortunately, because it's just the two of them against 45 other yeah, people. Yeah, they did not succeed. They did not succeed, and they were arrested. <sighs> they were. So they were taken to Jamaica, where they were they were sentenced by Governor Laws in two separate trials. So they faced charges of piratically and feloniously attacking and plundering seven fishing boats at Harbour Island, shooting and taking two merchant ships off Hispaniola, and attacking the sloops of Thomas Spenlow and Thomas Dillon and assaulting their crews. Was that piratically? Piratically. That is the word. That's a great word. They pled not guilty, but they didn't have any witnesses in their defense <laughs> and unsurprisingly were found unanimously guilty mm. didn't have a strong defense and they were sentenced to death they were so were all the men so calico jack and the rest of the other crew were sentenced to be hanged a few days later bonnie's last words to rackham calico jack were had you fought like a man you need not have been hanged like a dog <laughs> That's such an excellent burn. So great. That's so great. <laughs> and then he was hanged. Yep. Yeah. He was hanged. And so then Mary and Anne, yeah. however, now it was like 10 days or something after Rackham was hanged. Yeah, that's right. They then go to appeal and they plead. <laughs> they plead their bellies. They plead their bellies. That's literally what it says in the court records. They plead their bellies. So they plead their bellies, which basically means you go, oh, well, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Which seems like a convenient excuse. It really does. But they were both actually pregnant. Yes, because this is actually something that we skipped over with Mary as well, was that Anne, we assume, was pregnant to Jack. Ch- yeah. We assume yeah. that, but we don't know for sure. She could have been pregnant to any of yeah. her other yeah. lovers, perhaps. Yeah. But Mary had actually taken up with one of the crew as well. She had a lover too, and she actually saved her lover from a duel. Really? Because, yeah, he was challenged to a duel. And the day before the duel was supposed to take place, Mary kind of crept up and shot him. And, really? And, and, and killed her lover's enemy anyway. Oh, my God. So she kind of just got rid of that. Because I think she was a bit like, nah. Nah. I don't, I don't this, trust you. I don't, think this. Duel, I don't think this duel is going to work <laughs> out in my favor. So she just killed him before he could even get to, the, to killing her lover. <laughs> so Mary pregnant as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mary's pregnancy didn't go too well for her. It didn't. So because they pled their bellies, they both get a stay of execution, which basically means they are allowed to be kept alive until the children are born. But while in prison, Mary comes down with a fever. Yeah. And in about 1721, she passes away. Shuffled off. Shuffled off this mortal coil. And whether or not, uh, I think the records seem to show that there was no child. So whether or not she died. Because I heard that she got a fever relating to her pregnancy. Yeah, well, I I think it was relating to her pregnancy, but I don't think she ever. Or she never gave birth. She never gave birth. Yeah. Mary did die in prison. Yeah. But there are. However. Yeah, however. And there's also speculation. Oh, really? About Mary? Yeah, but. Oh, well, I was going to say there's a bit of speculation about Anne because she kind of disappears from the record. There's no record of her death or execution. And that's important because obviously if she'd been kept in prison after she'd had the baby, she would have been executed. But she disappears before this happened. So the most likely story is that her father came and ransomed her. So basically bailed her out. Just finally found it in his heart to be like... Come and get her back. And took her back to South Carolina where she gave birth to their child, her and Rackham's child, who is actually their second child because the other one was abandoned in Cuba. Mm. According to some stories, they even tracked down the boy in Cuba and she, like, re-adopted him. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's true, but that's one of the versions of the story. She most likely, if this version is event is true, she probably married a guy named Joseph Burley and had eight children. Yikes. And died in South Carolina at the respectable age of 84. Wow. Well, yeah. That's not bad for a pirate. So she lived. Can you imagine? You've had this life of crazy, crazy, crazy piracy in your 20s. And then you're just like a little old woman of like in your 70s with your grandkids all around you in the in the 1770s and they're like oh grandma tell us the story of when you were a pirate and none of them would believe you they'd be like oh my grandma's so full of crazy stories <laughs> but I, I guess maybe as well though like a life of piracy can be tiring yeah so maybe she was just quite happy having eight babies after that's probably nothing yeah she's, she's probably like perfectly happy to just yeah. be like i'm just going 
just going to retire, hang out on my dad's plantation. But there is like a myth. I don't even know where this myth comes from, and I think it's completely false. This is the Hollywood version. Yeah. That Mary didn't die of fever in prison, mm. that she was snuck out of prison, and she and Anne lived as besties well, yeah. in Louisiana oh. and raised their children together. Really? I really hope that's the story. Cause I one don't of think the, that's true. I mean, yeah, one of the possible alternatives for um, – Anne's story is that she did resume a life of piracy under a new identity. Oh. Um, so there is a possibility that they did take on other identities together. Yeah. I really hope they lived out their days in Louisiana together. Raising their children. Oh, wouldn't that, that would be, be nice? Great. I don't think that's what happened, though. Yeah, we can hope. We can hope. I think if we made a movie out that of it. That would be the Hollywood ending yeah, I would choose. Be. But then I think that, I mean, there has been a couple of movies, mm. there's a series that touches on this as well, like... Black Sails? Yeah, Black Sails. Yeah. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. I, I watched can't. the first episode and I meant to keep watching it and I... You didn't. Just didn't. Obviously. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of Mary and Anne's story. And I hope you really enjoyed it because I did. It's nice to have a little swashbuckle. Yeah. A little bit of adventure and... I mean, obviously, they were criminals. Like, they did terrible things. I know. We're like, they're like, so awesome. They killed all these people yeah. and stole all this shit. But I think the thing that is really awesome about them is that they gave no fucks and they were brave and they were adventurous and they stood up for themselves and they didn't take any shit. Were... I think that's a T-shirt. That's a T-shirt. And, that, and it's lady pirates give no fucks. Yeah. That's so a T-shirt. So we should all be lady pirates without the murder. I think that they're a... Maybe we can make a T-shirt. And... It can say, deviant women, lady pirates, give no fucks. All right, done. Because merchandising is that thing that we keep talking about. Yeah, and but we are is, getting there. we're looking into it. It's underway. It's underway. And another on that note, so I also would like to just say if you do like us, as we said at the beginning of the episode, we are so excited to see views from people all over the world. And if you are enjoying us, please share us with your friends. Tweet us at Deviant Women. We love hearing from you. Yeah, let, um, it, let us know that we're not just shouting into the void. Yeah, like, or on let's... Facebook. We like us on Facebook and follow us. And um, we also have an email address, deviantwomenpodcast at gmail.com. So if you've got any recommendations or anyone that you'd really love for us to touch on, please get in touch. Please do. And also jump onto iTunes and um, subscribe. If you leave a review... Maybe we'll give you a shout out. <gasps> Maybe. That's a thing we can do. Yeah, we'll, yeah let's do that. Sure. We're, we're going to give you a shout out if Yay. you leave us a review. So please get in touch, like, share, rate, review, subscribe, all the things. You're really good at this. Lauren is so good at the promotion. I suck so badly yeah. at promotion. Well, we should also say thank you very much to Brendan Davies yeah. for sound and editing. Yeah, he really did a masterful job on our last um, episode of Dear Old Harry Crawford. You have no idea how long we, well, mainly me, <laughs> how long I rambled for about Dear Old Harry Crawford. And thanks to India for the music. The music is so good. It gets stuck in my head all, all the time. The time. Mm-hmm. And I have cats and I tend to sort of change the lyrics to Deviant Kittens a lot. <laughs> And I just sing it around. <laughs> sing it around the house at the cats. Oh dear! It's good times. Yeah. And thank you for listening. And we will catch you in a fortnight. Do we have any clues you want to give about the next episode? Oh, we're going back the furthest in time we've ever been. We are. We are going way back in the mi- so in the of time. far back. Yeah. And we're going to be in a completely different part of the world yet again. Yep. So we hope that you will join us. Join us then. Next time. We'll catch you then. See ya. Bye.